It's a hard angle to get. I will definitely say that. But it really, any way you can get the fingers in the butt is probably just good. Just go for it. If you're by yourself, it doesn't really matter if you look silly. Yeah. Just get your fingers in your butt and deal Pretty with it. <laughs> and don't forget the lube. The lube's important. Yes. Welcome to Honey Do Me, a podcast that goes into the bedroom and beyond. Hosted by Emma Norman and Cass Anderson. Here at Honey Do Me, we don't have all the answers. So we chat with experts, educators, and badass changemakers to get them. We are here to remind our listeners and ourselves that what we're going through is normal. That we are worthy of love and pleasure. And that we are all in this together. So tell us, honey, how do you do you? We are thriving. And we are sticking stuff up his butt. Yes, we are. We're revisiting a fan favorite mm-hmm. butt stuff. And this time when we head to the back door, there's going to be a prostate on the other side. Prostate's on the other side. Yes. Yeah, so we are talking about butt stuff with Mistress K, mm-hmm. specifically for people with penises. Yes. Which is, I don't know if you know, Cass and I do not have a penis. So this is a completely new topic for us. And we were really excited to learn how pleasure can be enjoyed for um a penis owner exactly so if you have a penis if you love a penis if you want to play with a penis (laughs) this is your episode this is for you (laughs) but not really because it's on the other end it's it's the penis backside yeah the back door to the penis i suppose you could say so we basically start out if you don't know what a prostate is we didn't really know either Mm -hmm. but that's what makes anal pleasure good for people who have a penis so we needed to first start there with what the hell a prostate is so have you ever engaged in anal play with your have i touched a prostate um no so it is a longtime dream of mine. <laughs> Not really, because I'm also terrified of it, yeah. which we talk about in the episode, because let's be honest, we're a little self-centered. It is about me. Everything. Most most of the time. Yeah. And touching a butt is scary. Touching a butthole is scary. I know that I tried to debunk a lot of that shame when we talked about our butt stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but necessarily wading through those forests for someone else. Yes. Um, my butt is less scary than his butt to me. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm i more familiar butt. with what comes out of it. I don't know. Yeah. It just, it, I'm, it's a safer place for it's me. It's a safer place. So exploring someone else's butt does sound a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. And have you, had, so you have never touched a prostate. I have never touched a prostate. I asked my previous partner if I could pretty please um, try one time. <laughs> Can I pretty please tickle your prostate? <laughs> I didn't say it like that. He I Well, would've, he would have said yes. Well, maybe I should have tried it that way. And he was a firm no. Okay. But I also think it has to do with a lot of, you know, the stigmas, I feel like, around mm-hmm. anal play for men, people with penises, people with a prostate. Like, that's just a different topic altogether. Yes. So it's not talked about. When you first brought up this topic, because we also get into pegging, mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was. And I think it's partially because it's just not talked about. 
Yeah, I would agree. I don't mm-hmm. think it's talked about really at all, and it is really no. shameful. Yeah. So I was really excited to get into it because mm-hmm. it shouldn't be because there is a whole load of pleasure you got back there in that dump truck. <laughs> we are all for pleasure and pleasure for all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But don't worry. We don't just go into pegging. We talk about initiating it, talking with your partner, starting with a finger, solo mm-hmm. play if your partner is not totally ready, or if you are listening to this and you yourself have a prostate, like we have something for everyone in this episode, you're not going to have to start out in the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, the prostate's kind of deep, it sounds like. Hey, for a lot of people. It can, it's all over the place. I hope my partner's is right on the edge. Well, you guys will enjoy this. It's so informative. And I just, it was fun to learn about body parts that I don't have. Yeah. It's really, really fun. And now we're pro prostate massagers. Pro so prostate. looking for some fingers. Just kidding. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me. Do not call me. Call Emma. Her number is. (laughs) And we'll see you on the other side. All right. So um, I'm Mistress K. I have been in the sex education space for going on some 12 years now. Um, Back in the beginning, when I was a newbie little kinkster, I was going online, trying to find information, trying to figure out exactly what I, you know, wanted to do, what we needed to do, what was safe to do. And 12 years ago, things were not nearly as accessible as they are now online. So I started a website. I started reading everything I could. I started reaching out to, like, professionals, had mentors, the whole nine yards, and essentially... I just focus on trying to educate people the best I can. Um, That includes through sex toy reviews. So how toys are. And amazingly, in the past 12 years, they've really changed. But pretty much just I'm all about trying to educate people. So having sex is the best it can be. I love that you said a tiny little kinkster. I think that's so funny. (laughs) And that's great that you reached out to try to find like mentors that you could connect with, especially because 12 years ago, you're totally right. This whole sex positivity is was completely different, 180 degrees different. So that's great that you've been doing it for so long and were able to find people to connect with to kind of mentor and lead you through that. Yeah, it was it was very different. The week I turned 18, I actually reached out and went to my local kink community They still have them now. They're not so operable in COVID, but they're still out there. But back when I turned 18, I had to meet with the management and they had to make a special exception for me because I was under 21. And yeah, the week I turned 18, I was jumping two feet into the deep end there. And I'm glad I did. There's so many great resources to be had in your local kink community, especially before all of those resources were available online. I love that. You knew what you wanted and you went for it. Mm -hmm. No stopping you. (laughs) I love that so much. Well, I feel like we should get into butt stuff. And today we want to focus on butt stuff specifically with people who have prostates. So because that can be a completely different experience. We've talked about butt stuff a little bit with ourselves. We've tried out a few little toys, but we want to talk about the prostate. So is that actually a G spot? Like what is the prostate? So the prostate is just like a bundle of nerves. I I mean, it's it's not exactly the G spot. But if you're talking about awesome bundle of nerves that feel really fantastic when you touch them, then yeah, you could just pretty much call it the G-spot for people who have penises. And the really cool thing about the prostate is that, you know, it's there. It can cause hands-free orgasms. It's an entirely new way to explore sensation. And it feels, for a lot of people, not everyone, it feels very different from like, 
what penis touching feels like, which, you know, is just awesome. It's a whole new different type of avenue of pleasure to explore. Yeah, I love that. We were going to ask, like, what does it feel like? Mm-hmm. I don't know, because my partner and I have talked about that. He's not very interested in anything up his butt. And so I'm excited to do this episode because I'm not trying to convince him, but I want to warm him up to the idea yeah. if he's comfortable with it. Well, because there's a whole, like, stigma around that being, you know, something you do with men or, you know, your other partner. So it's like, I want to talk about it. I want to I want to break through that a little bit and, like, understand why is it pleasurable? Why do some people like it? And, yeah, what it feels like. So what does it feel like to touch the prostate? <laughs> How does it feel different than, like, a penis? Touching a penis. Well... <laughs> I am not exactly the best person to ask here. I have (laughs) touched many, many a prostate, but I do not own one. But from the conversations I've had, and that's been many a conversation because I am like an insatiable human who just like, would you please tell me what this feels like? I just, I want to know everything about your experience. I'm (laughs) one of those humans. So I'm not the best person to ask, but I do have some insight. And from what I've been told, it's more of a internal, deep, full body sensation. In the conversations I've had, they've tried to liken it to how clitoral sensations feel versus how like G-spot or internal vaginal orgasms can feel. Where like the clitoris is like fantastic to touch. Like it feels great. The muscles clench. Everything around there just feels really sensitive. But when you go deep inside, you can like get more of a full body relaxation type of sensation. And I feel like that's what a lot of them have kind of described it as. I mean, it's it's run the whole gamut. I mean, I've had partners who absolutely hate it, and that's totally okay. Like, just like some people hate G-spot pleasure, some people totally hate prostate pleasure. But I've also had people who are like, meh, this isn't going to be for me. Mm-hmm. And then we stick something up there, and they come. Like, they ejaculate in <laughs> seconds. And they're like, where the f- did that come from? <laughs> like, in seconds. And they're just kind of standing there just like... Shell shocked. (laughs) Essentially, yeah. They're just like, I I mean, I guess I'll try it if you'll let me put things in your butt too. And they try it and it's just completely unexpected from what they were expecting. And I also have partners who absolutely have loved, loved, loved it. And they can have multiple prostate orgasms, non-ejaculatory orgasms, which, you know, kind of lets a lot of people enjoy pleasure more. I don't want to say more, but it lets people enjoy pressure longer because you can ride up to multiple climaxes without the ejaculation necessarily ending the things. So then a prostate orgasm doesn't necessarily mean that they're ejaculating? No, it does not. I have to. No. That is fun. um, (laughs) (laughs) So it's, again, I I liken it to how G-spot orgasms can feel. Some people Mm -hmm. can have G-spot orgasms and you can have like 40 of them that sounds exhausting but you could have 40 of them and you could still be totally ready for more and similar things can happen with the prostate you can also have non-ejaculatory orgasms or if you want to partner with more stimulation or if your body's the kind that does ejaculate prostate stimulation can bring you to hands-free ejaculatory orgasms too there's a lot of selling points yeah it feels like (laughs) i mean i'd say so Jeez. So one thing that we were talking about, because we're somewhat selfish people or mm-hmm. uh, self-centered. I'm I don't self-centered. know. Yeah, we yeah. center ourselves. <laughs> and we'd love to know about the experience of like the prostate toucher, not the prostate uh-huh. owner. Like what does it feel like 
to the touch? <laughs> there you go. That's a great question. I'm so self-centered and I need this to be about me a little bit too. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I really think the conversation should focus a little bit on the prostate toucher. Um, okay. You get Wonderful. it often on like penis playing with other penis owning people communities. But when you start coming outside of that community, a lot of the focus is on the people who have the prostate and not necessarily Mm. as I'll touch on like in pegging. Um, It's not necessarily on how do we help the people who are helping the people touch the prostate feel as good as possible while doing it. So totally valid question. Totally valid for asking it. There's nothing selfish about like wanting to know what you're going into or how it's going to feel or things like that. Well, thank you for that validation. Yeah. <laughs> so it's- to- Totally valid. Um, as for the touching, uh, it really depends. I have done fingers. I usually do toys because fingers can get kind of tiring after a while. But finger-wise, it just it feels a little more firm than the surrounding area, but it doesn't feel all that different. I don't – I mean, the the first question would be like, it, it kind of feels like what the inside of a butt feels like. And that just really depends on if you felt inside a butt. Like if you haven't felt inside a butt, this is, yeah. Well, like I'm scared. I won't know if I've, I guess they would let me know if I've hit it. But it's like, what if I'm just. Yeah. Where is it in the oh, butt? Yeah, yeah. How deep do I have to go? Okay. So again, we're, we're back to the, that G spot metaphor. Essentially mm-hmm. every human body is different. Okay. Um, and what you're going for, maybe like a half an inch in, it might be like four inches deep. It might require super duper intense curves, or it might require like just like the head of like a dildo, like the little pronounced head in a dildo could hit it for them. So it's really variable by person. And I've had people of all different levels on that. But what you're going for is going to be facing towards the belly button. That's the easiest way I can remember it because no matter how they're sitting, I just go towards belly button. Mm-hmm. You slide whichever, however, however many fingers in. I recommend starting with one. Um, <laughs> make sure your nails are trimmed, but that's like a whole like how-to list here. Yes. But no, we love it. I love a how-to list. But you're going to be sliding fingers in towards the belly button. Uh, I would recommend experimenting with different types of pressure. Some people are going to like very, very light pressure. Other people are going to like really intense pressure. I always recommend starting with the light pressure. But what you're really looking for is just a different reaction from your partner. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that can that kind of translates over to G-spot sensations as well, is you're looking for what makes your partner feel good. You're looking for that sensitive spot that your partner is going to enjoy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's intuition. (laughs) It's a bit of intuition. And it's also a, like, if you're going to explore it for the first time with someone, I highly, highly, highly recommend, A, you've denied them orgasms for a while. And B, you spent the session ahead of time. So however long you want to, you know, foreplay before you get into the finger stuff in the butt, Mm -hmm. um, more is better. More is very better because it sensitizes everything. It engorges things. It makes it easier to feel the things. And do you say deny them orgasms because it can make something like it make it more sensitive, make it more enjoyable? Mm -hmm. It can. It's it's again on the. 
it's again on the sensitizing and engorging scale. So if somebody has just come, they're not necessarily going to get as aroused. The prostate's not necessarily going to get as engorged. Skin is not necessarily going to be as sensitive. If you're going for trying to find the prostate, all of those three things are really, really helpful when you're just kind of like fumbling in the dark towards the stomach. So because, how, like I said, everybody's individual anatomy is different. So right. it could be like a half inch. It could be like two inches in. It's just, it's, you want to find the spot, but you having feedback from a partner who's aroused, sensitive, going to be more likely to feel it is very helpful. How long do you recommend denying orgasms? Is that like a month, a week, a day, <laughs> a year? <laughs> Well, a year, a year may be excessive, but I do have friends that do that. Um, so I identify on the female dominant side of things. So denying orgasms just like part of the fun for me. Okay. But if that's not part of the fun for you, probably at least a couple days going into like a week would be very helpful. Okay. If you want to go for a month, like have at it. There's nothing stopping you. I love that. Except for me, stopping your <laughs> orgasms. <laughs> so much power I could wield. So much you know? power. Um, you mentioned also pressure. And so is that the motion that you should be uh, like looking for when you're using your fingers is just pressure? Or is there like a, like a back and forth or a, a stroke pattern? A stroke pattern. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, see we're back into the the – it's really individual. Like if you tried to talk about how to pleasure a clitoris, there'd be like 300 different answers as to what's the best. And it kind of ends up the same here. Uh, what is pretty common though, is that the prostate tends to respond well to like firm, rigid pressure. So some people may like that back and forth, but a lot of people are going to like the same kind of G-spot sensation. You curl the fingers up and you just kind of that come hither motion. A lot of prostate people will also respond to that kind of some stimulation. Okay. That makes sense. So you can use a lot of the same tools. I like yeah. that because we've learned about a lot of these things. So I love that we can use them in multiple ways. Yeah. In multiple yeah. holes. If you, if you just think of it like a G-spot in a different body, it's very, very similar. Also, with going up the butt, a lot of the time it's recommended to use lube. So should you consider using lube if you're just sticking a finger up there? Yep, yep. Right. Doesn't matter how small it is. Like if we stick an enema tip up there, there's lube. Sometimes oh. I don't want there to be lube because it's a pain in my butt, but <laughs> there's always lube. It'd be a pain in their butt without lube. <laughs> Do you have a favorite lube or like a favorite type of lube because something that we were struggling with when we were first trying butt stuff was like the lubes that we had would just like fall off of whatever we were putting it on maybe because they were like too watery so lube consistency varies by lube manufacturer by lube brand etc etc if you're going to buy in store i usually recommend picking up the bottle kind of of like swish it back and forth see how long it takes the lube to like move is it like shampoo consistency is it like water in a bottle consistency with honestly just with anything I really like jelly type lubes not that's not like a brand it's just they usually call them jellies they call them gels they're this thick viscous lube that like doesn't move it just it feels 
I'm trying to think of anything in my life that feels <laughs> like it does. And I have nothing. But yeah, I've gone through that phase where I used a ton of the watery stuff that like you just poured it on something and then it was on the ground. And that's yes. cool. That's where you wanted that. I'm like, I'm renting. But- I can't get that everywhere. <laughs> it's on my linens. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've I've done this kind of stuff in like dungeons and stuff and yeah, they do not. They don't want that on the floor. So, I recommend a gel type lube. I know my favorite brand is Wicked Jelly. They specifically make it for anal. I'm oh, no joke cool. buy that in like 12 bottles at a time because we go through so much of it. Mother's Day is around the corner, and whether you're celebrating your mama, grandma, guardian, or yourself, celebrate with the mother of all self-care routines by trying out Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. This duo delivers a one-two punch in luxurious body care moisturizers with their Anduria Algae Body Oil and Anduria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature all-natural citrusy scent. I use both the body lotion and the Anduria Algae Body Oil once I get out of the shower, and I use it literally everywhere. This duo is my go-to for feeling glowy and hydrated for literal days, and the Osea Signature Scent is one of my faves because it's not overwhelming, um, but it's like a delicious and fresh smell that just lasts. Since 1996, Osea has been making seaweed-infused skincare that is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code DOOMY at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to O-S-E-A. Malibu.com and use code D-E-W-M-E for 10% off. I want to take a step back for a minute because we're talking about like what to do when your fingers are already in there. But I think the initiating of it is also tricky for both Mm -hmm. the toucher and the receiver because I know that's something that my partner and I have struggled with. He just really doesn't think it's for him, which is totally fine. If we never do it, that's fine. But how do you recommend like bringing this subject up to your partner if your partner has a prostate um, and if they're a little scared? I will help as best I can. I will be upfront and say I've never had that problem. Wow. Nice. I, hang around in very, I hang around in very kinky circles. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like, well, I'd like to finger your prostate. And they're like, oh, I've been waiting. Like, it's, it's not necessarily a problem. Um, Really, I think it's all about, especially if like kink's not a huge selling point for your relationship, I think it's all about pushing the intimacy of it, the vulnerability of it, the new shared experience to bring you both closer, and all of the like pleasure parts of it, like having a very non-judgmental tone. A lot of people don't want to engage in this, not because they don't like pleasure. Obviously, almost everyone likes pleasure. It doesn't matter if it's sexual pleasure, food pleasure, whatever it wants to be. People love pleasure. So what stops a lot of people from engaging this type of play is the fear of judgment, the fear of what they think the stereotypes are or who you have to be or if it makes you interested in men to do this kind of things. It's those kind of judgments that stop a lot of people from exploring it. In addition to some of the like hygienic issues where like, you know, that's where poop comes from. Like, I don't want to be anywhere near poop. So those are 
those are the kind of ways I would pitch it is being very understanding, wanting to share something intimate with your partner, something vulnerable, bring them new types of pleasure. And I would also have ways and reassurances that you can talk to them about how you will keep the mess down or you won't judge them if things do happen, things like that. That is, I think, a great first step because those are all the things that come to mind for me, too, is like I would be nervous trying that stuff because all of that does sound a little bit scary, just the hygiene wise. I don't I think everyone should engage in butt play regardless. (laughs) But um, so as the giver, this is the honesty and like the fear and it feels judgy, but this is kind of what we've been struggling with. Yeah. Is, is having poop on my finger or having to navigate going through a hairy butthole sounds terrifying to me. And I want them to have the pleasure. Like I really, really would, but it's that, that part that does scare me and would prevent me from attempting it. Okay. That is a completely valid concern. And I feel like in a sex ed space, we don't talk about it enough because again, it's bodily waste and seeing like, let's talk about poop on an article on a sex site just seems really freaking weird. (laughs) But it it is something that happens. My suggestion, if somebody's having those concerns would just be to get a toy instead. You literally never have to stick your finger up there if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. There are tons of toys that are the exact same size as fingers. There are tons of toys that do things fingers cannot. If the biggest hitch is the worry about getting fingers, getting poop where there shouldn't, you know, where you don't <laughs> want poop, <laughs> using an intermediary can be fantastic. I mean, I'm still okay with. So the other solution I would recommend would be gloves. Uh, You can get the single-use medical gloves at any sort of big box store in the first aid section. You slip on a glove, and now there is no poop on your hand. There may be poop on a glove, um, (laughs) but there is none on your hand. Not to mention... You go ahead, sorry. Not to mention, if you have long nails, the glove can help deaden some of those sensations if you throw cotton balls in all of the tips of the glove. So you can keep your really nice manicure and still do this. Or if you're not sure your fingers are super duper down to the quick, like they need to be for this kind of stuff, you can throw on gloves and that can help pad some of it as well. So gloves are really multifunctional. I love that. I feel like one that gives me a lot of ideas of like, I feel like that could turn into role play. You could just incorporate the gloves, make it a whole thing. But I've been thinking about gloves, like when I've been thinking about like, this in particular. I'm like, mm-hmm. should I just get gloves? Like, would that just take away everyone's fear? And so I'm really glad that you said it. And I'm not just like a weirdo who wants to go get gloves. <laughs> no, you are totally not weird. They are super cheap in the first aid section. They're less cheap. If you go get the super sexy, sexy, nah. smooth black ones you can get from Ooh, fetish stores, they're really cool. hot, but they are expensive. But honestly, yeah, I mean, gloves can totally become a part of safer sex. Not only are you having safer sex, but you can make it part of the don't touch the poop parts and if you do it often enough like my partner my current partner like we have used gloves so often that when he sees me pull out a glove he gets hard like that's just so it's it's like association i love that and it was really really hilarious because i pull out a glove to eat cheetos so i don't get the orange (laughs) dust in my hands and you cannot imagine how humiliated he felt there. He's like, oh. Oh, my God. I love that. It's like teasing. <laughs> nope, babe. Just the Cheetos. Just the Cheetos, baby. You go sit back down. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, honestly, use what if you want to do this activity with your partner and your partner's down for it, use whatever tools you can to make it comfortable for each other. You have those medical chucks, puppy pads are what I use because I find them cheaper and easier to get. But you can just grab the puppy pads from the store mm-hmm. and they can go under your partner's butt. And now if any poopy lube escapes, it's on the puppy pad. You strip off the glove, you throw the glove in the puppy pad, it's all gone. Nobody's touched anything poopy. Not to mention, if you want to transition into other play, you can keep some wet wipes right next to the bed. You Mm -hmm. just wipe up the area after you're done. You strip off your glove. Nobody's touched any poop or anything. And there's no worry about contamination if you just want to go into making out. I love it. Sex is messy. Mm -hmm. Normalize that. Normalize. Clean it up. (laughs) And then clean it up. (laughs) I think that's so perfect. So I also want to touch on... Um, like positioning if you're using your fingers. So what are the best positions for the receiver to be in um, if you're going to be fingering their butt? Well, step one, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to say it. The, most, the, the best position is whatever you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely positions that can expose the prostate a bit more. Those positions tend to be the ones that also would expose the G-spot. Um, laying on your side in the fetal position for the receiver with like your knees drawn up to your chest, that can help expose the prostate a little bit. The same can be done if the receiver lays on their back and brings their knees up to their chest. And that can also expose the prostate and make it a little bit easier to hit. However, both of those may or may not be comfortable for you to hold. And mm-hmm. Really, it's whatever feels comfortable. Those two positions can feel vulnerable. They can feel too exposing. Sometimes people just want to like lay back, have their legs just spread, feel really comfortable and familiar in a position when trying something new like that. Yeah, I would I would say that those those are great position suggestions, but they would feel like a vulnerable position for the receiver to be in. Um, What are other things you can do while you're massaging the prostate? So you can do anything your heart desires. Um, On my end, it usually involves maybe some sort of humiliation. Maybe I can use the vibrator on myself with my other hand if I would like to orgasm from the experience. Um, Things like that. Or if you'd like to focus primarily on the person you're touching prostate you're touching their prostate, you could touch the penis. You could touch other parts of their body. The inner thighs tend to be very sensitive for a lot of people, depending on what position you're doing this in. You could be touching nipples. You could lean over and make out with them. Really, any spot that's sensitive to that person, great thing to do. That sounds like such like a pleasure punch if you're like <laughs> going down on them and touching their prostate. It's probably like insane. What if they have, can they have two orgasms at once, a prostate orgasm and then an ejaculation orgasm? Or is that just not how bodies work? <laughs> you could, you could totally do that. Normally there's like at least a little bit of separation between the two, but it is totally possible to have the prostate sensations make the, like, make it more of like a full body explosive experience. So it isn't, it doesn't feel just like a penile orgasm, but it doesn't feel just like a prostate orgasm either. Supergasm. Supergasm. <laughs> I yeah, love pretty it. much. Like, I mean, if you, if you hit all the pleasure spots on like somebody with a vagina, the orgasm can feel different than if you're just going for one spot. And it, it's pretty much the same with the prostate. Oh, I love it. It feels like there's no reason not to at this point. (laughs) At this point. Yeah. You aren't sold. Well, I think one thing that we wanted to touch on before going into toys, because we really want to get specific with the toys as well, is maybe you're interested in this stuff, 
but you're a little nervous to do it with a partner. So if you have a prostate, can you engage in some solo prostate play? I mean, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to like swear, but yes. fuck yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Of course. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, fuck yes. You can totally. And I recommend that you do. Not only will you learn more about your prostate, so you'll have a better time being able to help direct your partner to what feels good for you because two people going in blind to any sort of activity is it can be fun. It can be an adventure and it, it can be a pursuit in a lot of frustration when one person really, really wants the sensation and the other really, really wants to give the sensation and nobody really knows where the heck the sensation is. So I highly recommend you totally check it out while solo. Not only can it help you figure out where your prostate is, but it also can help you figure out your body and your bowel movements weird thing to include here but Uh if you know what type of bowel movements tend to leave the most residue in the area you'll know better off what when to plan things for or when to turn things down possibly Mm -hmm. if you want to explore doing enemas before you have the play you'll know how to give yourself the enema how many rinses you need to ensure everything's all spick and span up there And you'll have a general idea of what size of things you want to go for because fingers, totally awesome. But some people, fingers will feel small. Some people, fingers will feel huge. Some people want to just start with one for months. And it depends on what the two people want to do together. But maybe the top was like super excited for a dildo and there's no way that dildo's fitting. So if you know what fits in your body. You can better shop for your body. You can better inform partners and just all around more information is always good. So you mentioned enemas. I think I know what an enema is, but can you go into that a little bit more? Is it like the same as like douching? Right. It is very similar to douching, but in the butt pretty much. You squirt water up there. Uh, Generally, a lot of people include salt in a little bit, not a lot, a little baby bit of salt in that water to help rebalance the electrolytes because the anal cavity you're shooting things into tends to, that's what absorbs things in our bodies. So you can offset the balance of your body if you do too much without salt, all the things I recommend reading up on enemas before you do it. But essentially you stick water up there. And it just kind of like swishes around and then you sit on the toilet and all the water comes out and any residue you had up there comes out with it. It's important to note that for some people, the first, the first pass will actually like shake up stuff. So if you don't do a second pass or a third pass, you might actually just have shaken up everything and put it at the entrance where you we're exactly trying to avoid. Oh, no. Okay. So we've talked about using bidets before, but Mm -hmm. this sounds a lot more thorough. Yeah. Yeah. It it goes inside the body. Uh, Do not pick up the enema kits from the stores. Those can be kind of abrasive. All you really need is water, maybe a bit of salt if you tend to get lightheaded from this kind of stuff. Is it just like a little pipette that goes up and then you like squeeze (gasps) it and then (laughs) come out? I mean, I'm just curious. um, I'm trying to think of anything that somebody might have encountered in like their everyday life that looks like it. The biggest thing I can think of is those old school hot water bottles that you put on your tummy for like oh, cramps. Okay. Do you know what those look like? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they sell those. They're like multi-packs. I think at Walmart, it's like 
$8. It's ridiculously cheap. And you fill that with water, those t- that type of looking object with water, and it has a hose that could come out. And then you just kind of stick it up the butt. Gravity works with you. It fills the inside with water. And you presumably do this near a toilet because the countdown is not long. <laughs> and then you sit down on the toilet. Everything comes back out. It comes out in... It, it, it's a loud and vocal process. It's not painful. It's just if you're going for discretion, do not do this with somebody in the bathroom with you. So it's not like you sneak off to the bathroom and do a quick enema before you start doing butt stuff. You, If you know your body, there are tons of people who like butt stuff that they can totally do that. They know exactly how much water they need. They know that their bowel movement was regular. They can stick a little bit up there, clean out the area they're using. Everything's grand. However, if you're new to it, yes, I would recommend if this embarrasses you doing it in private. Um, like my partner is very familiar with me and we, we hang around for that kind of stuff. And he still like turns red and hides his face during this. <laughs> Oh my God. I love that. That's hilarious. Just to clarify, so you do not have to do an enema, right? This is like a choice if you want to do it. Yeah, you do not. No, no, no. You never have to do an enema. Some people's bodies are sensitive to upsetting that uh, that electrolyte balance we talked about. Some people really don't like the sensation of the enema. Some people really don't like the time, which half an hour, 45 minutes probably before you do any of the butt stuff. Some people's bodies are just really sensitive. Some don't like the straining. There is no reason to have to do an enema. You totally can get away with either touching things. There might be the occasional, like I, I feel like I've spent like this whole, this whole time talking about how there's like poop and you're just going to like be covered in it and it's going to be the worst thing ever. Covered in poop. Yeah, if your bowel movements are regular, you're not going to be covered in poop. You might like have a smear here or there, and it's going to possibly smell like you would expect a smear of poop to smell. Like I'm not trying to like hide anything from you here, but you're not going to be covered in anything. (laughs) So with solo play and exploring that pleasure spot a little bit more, what are some good toys to use for solo play in your prostate? Well, you don't have to have toys. I recommend toys with the prostate just like I do with the G-spot just because, like, that's a really awkward angle to get at and comfortably do. Like, for a lot of people, that's, I don't know, my hand would cramp in, like, two minutes, and I'd be like, yeah, this, I'm done. I'm done. So there's, (laughs) I definitely recommend people get toys. Um, I recommend before you get toys, you try cutting your own fingernails and getting some lube and trying fingers in yourself first. Not only does this kind of like give you a little bit of what you expect for the sensations and you have the thing with using toys is you can't feel them. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but when you're sliding things into someone, especially in the butt, which can tear and then tears can get infected because, you know, we're back to the poop again. That's, I swear that's all we're ever back to. (laughs) But, um, tears can happen if you are not going slowly and things are not completely smooth. So watching the fingernails, but the point is having using your fingers first allows you to feel how far in you are. It allows you to take things incrementally And when you're done and have figured out how many fingers feel comfortable to you, you can take out a tape measure. And now that is your jumping board for figuring out what size of toy you want to buy without 
having to buy multiple toy sizes, especially if you're on a budget. Oh my God. That is such a hot tip. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I always like not using a toy, being really connected with your body when you're trying out new things. And I just didn't know if that was an approachable angle for your butt. Yeah. What position would you be in? You think, (laughs) what would you recommend? Uh, it depends on where you're flexible. Um, a lot of people who have penises and prostates don't necessarily put the same focus on flexibility as a lot of people who don't have penis and prostates do. Mm-hmm. So the body may or may not be as flexible. Not a bad thing. However, it's just pretty much where is your flexibility? Like, do you have the flexibility in your side and back to reach behind you when you're on all fours? Do you have the flexibility to, like bend your core and reach between your legs while your legs are spread it's a hard angle to get I will definitely say that but it really any way you can get the fingers in the butt is probably just good whatever works just go for it if you're by yourself it doesn't really matter if you look silly just get your fingers in your butt and deal with it (laughs) and don't forget the lube the lube's important yes (laughs) I did want to ask a little bit more about toys with partners like what so would you use like a dildo a vibrator like a butt plug or just any of those I guess like what can you use anything you want um the only thing compared to sticking things in a vagina is you want it to have a flared base Mm -hmm. the flared base essentially is that thick kind of like sticky outy part at the bottom that looks like a base right so you don't want to use something that doesn't have a base because the butt can get things i don't want to say lost because they're not necessarily lost like we know exactly where they are (laughs) they are consumed (laughs) yes but you're not getting them back out easily and especially when you have somebody who's not used to anal play and there's something up there and they're freaking the fuck out you're not relaxing to get that back out anytime soon and then you get to go to the er and then everybody looks at you a little weird and you have to pay for it really the paying for it would be the worst part (laughs) Like, that's what I'm thinking about is the ER bill because, like, I let something get stuck in my butt. That's that's what would shame me the most. That's some degradation. Yeah. Yes. So depending on what you're into, I guess it depends. I guess that could be your foreplay. Who knows? Financial domination by the hospital service. Yeah. Yeah. But um, essentially, step one, it just needs a flared base. Beyond the flared base, pretty much anything you want to stick up there that's safe for a butt works um i always recommend silicone because it is a non-porous material especially with butt stuff when you do have fecal material that may or may not get on the butt and even if it doesn't necessarily get on it visibly it still is on it like small like you can't you can't see it so i recommend anything that can be sterilized i recommend anything slim If you're starting, if you don't want to do the finger thing and figure out what size you're at, stick between like three-fourths of an inch or like 1.25 of an inch in diameter. Like go really small if you're starting out. If you want to try something that's sort of like fingers but not quite, I would recommend anal beads. Almost all strands of anal beads nowadays are graduated in size. So the one at the tip is the littlest and then the biggest, the little one, and then it gets a little bigger Mm -hmm. and then you insert the next one. It's bigger and you can kind of figure out your size comfort levels there. But really it's whatever the two people or the one person wants to play with. Yeah. Trying some stuff out. 
figuring mm-hmm. out what works for you. I This brought up a personal question for me, and maybe other people will have this question. But when I started trying butt stuff, I assumed it was going to be difficult and that I would have to start like really small. But do some people have like looser assholes? Because like I was able to graduate like really quickly and it like it never hurt. And I don't know why. It was it was a little shocking how fast you moved through the sizes. And then you were like, well what does that mean about my butthole? And I was like, I don't know man. I'm still at the small one. So great question. Thank you. It is it is a really good question. And the answer is yeah, pretty much. Um, some people Fair. do have looser buttholes, if those are the terminology we're going with. <laughs> but it can depend on a variety of sizes, like how large your body is, how large your bowel movements generally are, and just a lot of things about skin elasticity. So some people will spend months trying to make it to a one-inch diameter. And I had a partner, we did butt stuff like three, four times. And mm-hmm. like the fifth time, there was a fist in there. Like, it really just wow. depends on the person. Okay. Well, my people are out there then. How big your are your bowel are definitely movements? out there. <laughs> I guess they're big. I don't know. I love that you asked that question, and thank you for standing in your power to, thank you. to claim that. Whatever you don't own owns you. Yeah. Well, do you remember that joke? They always used to do that okay sign in middle school. It's like, loose butthole. Then it was like, typo. No? Never mind. Just me? Okay. (laughs) That was a joke between you and yourself. You and my, just me and Emma (laughs) only. (laughs) Anyways, I think we've graduated now to pegging and I want to talk about that. (laughs) So pegging was actually a new term to me when we initially thought about doing this topic. So could you describe or define pegging? So... At its base, pegging is the act of generally someone who is female or identifies as female putting on a strap-on harness with a dildo attached and putting it in the butt of someone who is male or identifies as male. As the term has become really, really popular, it's it's in a lot of places just come to mean strap-on sex in general. Okay. So a lot of people of different gender identities are doing it, but at when it started, it was the replacement for bend over boyfriend was actually the old oh. term we had a while ago. And then I think, like, do not quote me on this. I, I think Dan Savage was who coined pegging and now it's kind of just stuck around sense, which is good because bend over boyfriend was just, bleh. yeah, I don't want to say that. <laughs> In its strictest definition, that strap-on needs to be worn around the hips. However, I greatly, greatly encourage anyone who wants to enjoy that type of play to consider other types of harnesses. You can wear them on your thighs. You can wear them on your chest. You can wear them on your feet. And, yeah, there's just a whole lot of world to explore there. It doesn't have to be exactly where the biological penis would normally sit. You can, you, It's aftermarket. You can put it wherever the fuck you want. Do it. Oh, my God. I had no idea that was a thing. What's your favorite? I particularly like my thighs because I feel like I get a lot more leverage Mm -hmm. and a lot more comfort. And it leaves like my entire like vaginal area open for pleasure. So with traditional pegging with a harness around the hips, I'm pretty much either I enjoy what's going on with this dildo base and strapping it onto him or I'm just not getting physical pleasure. There's no way there's everything's in the way. Mm -hmm. But when we strap it onto the thigh, it leaves everything open. I have more power through my thighs. My thighs don't get as tired as my hips do. 
and we can still make sure that like I get an orgasm at the exact same time. So nobody really loses out. See, so focusing back again a little bit on the giver too. So that's all really important, which I love. And literally like my jaw was on the floor when you said that strictly it's around the waist, but it could be anywhere else. I'm like, I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. You totally could put it wherever you want. Superpower. You put it on your forehead <laughs> and then just, I don't know. <laughs> like a unicorn. Yeah. They do. They make Whatever those. That's a thing. And they make ones that go in the mouth too. So it's totally a thing. And if you have a piece of rope, you can make a harness anywhere you want. You could have a calf harness, like a bicep harness. It'd be weird, but you could totally do it. I love that. You flex and you just <laughs> farther oh. in. <laughs> Where do you recommend learning to make a harness? Like, are there YouTube videos or do you have um, resources? So there are probably YouTube videos out there. Honestly, all you really need to do is make a loop at the base with the rope and just wrap it around the appendage and make like the ugliest knot you've ever seen. (laughs) And that will make it stay. Like it, it doesn't need to be beautiful. My only thing I recommend is ensure you're using a washable rope. Okay. Like, don't use hemp or jute because you can't just throw those in the washing machine and you may or may not have butt stuff now on your rope. So a nylon or a cotton that you can just throw in the washing machine when you're done, highly recommend because you might get stuff on it. So why was I picturing, like, the rope that you climb in grade school? <laughs> like, why was that what came into my head? Two but, like, a thinner diameter. version oh, of it. You know what I mean? That, like, like, a little twine-ish type of rope? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's, that's, that's jute. Anyways, I was just going to ask about thrusting patterns. Um, like you said before, I'm sure it's, you know, individual and varies by person. But if both of you are kind of starting from a place of, like, I don't know what I'm doing – what would you recommend as fast it depends as you can? On, or? It depends on the person. Um, a lot of people will enjoy the sensation of the in and out. But just like some people who have vaginas, sometimes that can feel kind of grating, mm-hmm. especially on the really sensitive skin. Uh, if it is feeling grating, I recommend step one, always to stop, check your lube, add more lube, mm-hmm. add more lube some more. And then add a little bit more lube because it's pretty hard to go overboard with lube and see if that solves it. But if it's not solving it, it's very possible that like your skin that day, maybe every day, whatever works for you, is just not that into the frictiony motion of the ins and the outs. And if that's the case, you can totally use more of a grinding motion, just like you can with like penis and vagina intercourse, where it's more of like moving the object around inside in a way that feels really good rather than like the pull it all out, put it all in, put it all out. So it's, it's whatever thrusting motion feels good for the two of you as people that may not own penises wearing this strap on harness and getting used to the movement of it is going to feel really, really weird. (laughs) I bet. I have... I have been in the room because this is totally a thing I just offer because I find it fun. I've been in the room while I have taught various uh, women to put on a harness, to lube it up, to get their partner ready, to slide it in and to peg someone. And it always, always ends in a fit of giggles when they start thrusting because they're just like, what in God's name am I doing? Does this even feel good? (laughs) Oh my God. I see. I thought it would be more simple than that but that that makes total sense like i have no idea how to move something that sticks off of my body <laughs> i honestly didn't yeah, get that much credit to be fair <laughs> that maybe it could be yeah, kind of hard a lot of, a lot of people who are born with biological penises don't really like 
they're just moving in what feels good for them. Right. So you just kind of move in a way that feels good for you. And presumably maybe, maybe doesn't feel good for the partner. That's maybe a conversation you should have. But when you're doing pegging in this stuff, you don't feel the dildo. There mm-hmm. is no sensation on the dildo. So you just kind of are like, I'm just moving my hips. Oh, just am I doing out. it? Is it, yeah. is it in? <laughs> like, <laughs> and you're just kind of stuck just like wondering. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So the only position I'm picturing for pegging is doggy style. And and we also spoke to someone about doing butt stuff and doggy style. And that was one of the most advanced positions to use when doing butt stuff. So are there easier positions to use in pegging? So I hate doggy style with a passion. I haven't met a whole lot of people who do like it. Okay. And this is mostly due to height differences for pegging, whereas... In a lot of people, the recipient who may be male is going to, on average, be taller than the giver who may be female, which means their thighs are going to be longer, which means when you line up behind them to try to do doggy style, the dildo is going to hit like mid thigh <laughs> and you're just going to feel like a dumbass. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just not rub it on their thighs. Yeah. <laughs> is this good for you? <laughs> Just hit, hit right in between the thighs. Yeah. Go back and forth really yeah. fast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it's I do not recommend doggy style for beginners because then you're, like, stuck trying to, like, do, like, froggy style or whatever we call mm-hmm. that. Where in porn they do it so you can see all the, like, bits moving around. So you're, like, in this weird half squat on top of them and your thighs are shaking and it's terrible. And, no, I do not recommend doggy style <laughs> at all. I have, I've had so many bad experiences experience with that it's insane i um i would recommend while you're while the recipient is in like a doggy style position so on all fours just have them fall forward onto their chest and now they're laying on the bed with their ass in the air you can throw some pillows under the ass if maybe like the hard penis on the bed isn't feeling very good for them throwing some pillows there will help cushion the hips and then you can easily get on top of them in that position it works much easier i think anyway where you're straddling them like basically you just go sit on their butt (laughs) you just climb on top of them you put your knees on either side of their butt and you sit on their butt you can slide the dildo in them and you can move like a back and forth grinding motion that a lot of people who have vaginas are used to from like cowgirl position Mm -hmm. or you can lean forward And just make it like I'm laying on top of you and thrusting in and out. But you could also grind in that position as well. I'm so glad that we asked that because literally the only position I had in mind for this was doggy style, Mm -hmm. which is so intimidating in so many ways because I feel like there's a lot of that hip thrusting that you have to be in charge of. Mm -hmm. And I'm not ready for that responsibility. (laughs) I don't want the responsibility yet. I don't want that. (laughs) That's not where I'm at. Um, So let's get into... The reason why probably I haven't heard of pegging, and I feel like that's because of stigma and shame that's wrapped up around it, and people don't talk about it and don't talk about it if they even enjoy it. So what are the big challenges with pegging? Like, how do we start approaching this better? That is a really good question. I hadn't I hadn't necessarily thought of this because the space I hang out in, there's so many people talking about pegging and so few women doing it. Mm-hmm. Um the stigma, I don't, it just feels like it comes back to getting away from toxic masculinity culture. Mm-hmm. I feel like it just comes back to understanding that certain things are not inherently 
less than sexually and they don't make you less than sexually because you enjoy them. In addition to probably some, I don't know if it'll ever be mainstream because you do, you do have the poop, but (laughs) women's mainstream. So I don't know, man. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just like, I will peg someone anytime, but (laughs) women, that one, I haven't. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%, especially with the toxic masculinity like you were talking about, because I feel like it's like, oh, but isn't that a gay thing? Like, isn't that a this thing? You know, and they don't want to approach anything that has to do with their butt because of the stigmas around anal pleasure for men. And I feel like that's another really big hurdle to get over. And even just bringing it up, that can be so taboo because it's like, no, but I'm a straight man. Like, why would I want it up? Like, (laughs) anal pleasure. But it's like, I feel pleasure is pleasure. Pleasure is just enjoying pleasure. So I feel like that's a whole other area that a lot of that toxic masculinity can get wrapped up in. I agree. I think maybe step one for all of us is just to get at a point where, and I think we're getting there very slowly, but to get at the point where talking about including anal play, like Mm -hmm. finger in the butt blowjobs, those kind of things are more normalized. And then maybe we can get to a point where that object that's going in the butt just happens to be attached to your partner. Definitely. I think really separating the idea that like our sexual acts define our sexuality, like those are two completely different things. Mm -hmm. Um, And you don't have to be any sex, like any particular sexuality to enjoy any particular thing. Right. So, right. Absolutely. Uh, this is such a good, like, well-rounded. I'm glad we started small and built our way up because then I have a full view, (laughs) full anal view of just like, Pleasure, pleasure in the mm-hmm. butt with a for a person with a prostate, and I think that's great. Do you have like any last things that maybe we didn't touch on that you would love to bring up around like toys or pegging or anything that's within your specific wheelhouse? Oh goodness, we're almost done. I don't even feel like I've touched. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I feel like maybe the advice that I give people who are looking to get into pegging and. The kind of the step-by-step, I've given quite a few different women at this point to make it easier on them. And I feel like that's to make sure you have a good harness. The harness can be really important because if you have a bad harness, it's going to fit stupid. And stupid isn't necessarily like I just stupid as in it's not going to make you feel sexy. Right. Right. Dildo may or may not be where you want it to be. It may be too tight. It may be too loose. It may not even fit the dildo you bought to like use it with. So doing a trial run ahead of time and trying out the dildo, you may feel a little silly, just like wearing a strap on dildo in the bedroom and like humping a pillow, but do it anyway. It will make you feel so much more confident when it comes down to do the thing. When you do the thing, I really recommend those gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, having those gloves really helps because you can lube up the dildo and you can slide it in and you can strip off that glove now and you can now touch your partner and there isn't lube everywhere mm-hmm. and you can just have gloves nearby to re-glove whenever you need to touch lube, add lube, touch things that have been in the butt. So there's never a worry of like contamination of butt to face or anything like that. And just most importantly for everybody to just be honest and enjoy themselves and mm-hmm. things like that. I just, oh, I feel like I have so many more things to say. <laughs> we can totally get into them a little yeah. bit more. Like if you're good with time, we're good with time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm totally good with time. If you guys have like questions, I just feel like there's so many more things. One thing that came up for me, because I think 
I mean, so I learned about begging from Broad City. Like that was my first introduction to what it was. And I think like a lot of the times when I've heard it talked about and not in Broad City in particular, but it's like you picture like a big penis shaped dildo. But like there's lots of different types of dildos, right? Like they don't all have to look like a big penis. Oh, yeah. No, there are so many. There are some shaped like dolphins. and. Oh, my God. Oh, they're so cute. I can't even imagine putting them in a thing. (laughs) If you start to get into the fantasy communities, you have one shaped like little octopuses. Like there are so many types of dildos. Like if the realistic dildo thing is what's bugging you, just don't get a realistic dildo. They come in so many colors, so many shapes, so many sizes. There is like probably there's corn shaped dildo there's cactus shaped dildos it's literally anything you want do not be like freaked out by like having to strap on a realistic one it is totally not necessary i love that because i myself as someone who enjoys like penis penetration i don't even want a penis shaped toy like i don't want to play with that so i love that there's like a whole spectrum of big dildo uh, not the dolphin one that feels a little it maybe feels a little disrespectful to the yeah, dolphin i don't want that for them i didn't want the that dolphin maybe having fun we don't know yeah, that's true that's true i shouldn't judge yeah <laughs> don't yuck his yum well could you let our listeners know where to continue connecting with you after the episode so i am available over at kinky hyphen world Dot net that is my website i also have a twitter because that is like the last bastion of social media for kinky people and it's terrible mm-hmm. but i have a twitter and that is mistress underscore k and i also have like that old-fashioned email that kind of exists so i have <laughs> the dot mistress dot those are periods those dots k at gmail.com that's also on my website so that's probably easier is just to do it that way Perfect. And you had so many amazing resources mm-hmm. on your website. So I'm sure people are going to be excited to dive into that because yeah. I know that we are and mm-hmm. have. And so have. thank you for that. So <laughs> thank you so, so much, Mistress K. Thank you. I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Thank you guys for inviting me here. How do you like your prostate now? <laughs> How do you like me now, bitch? <laughs> ready to get a little handsy? I'm ready to get a little... Toysy, I think. Yeah. More so than fancy. I, I really appreciated the glove suggestion. Yes. I think that was fantastic. I I mean, who says those black gloves can't be a little bit sexy? Nobody said that. Nobody I know. Said, I think that'd be great. I say they can be. And so, if I say it, it's true. It's true. So thank you so much, Mistress K, for being on the episode today and going all into butt stuff for people with a prostate. And thank you to our listeners for sticking with us. Thank you so much. And if you have a few minutes, head over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me. Your reviews mean so, so much to us. They are the light of our lives, as long as they're positive. So if this is the episode that's going to get you to leave a review, leave a little peach for us or a donut. Your or pick. A donut. Whichever one feels more accurate to how you feel about this episode. Is there a rubber glove emoji? No. Okay. Well, if there was, you could use that and you would know that we I love you gloves. extra. Or mittens. You can use mittens. I guess it depends on how much protection you want. If it's cold in there. I don't it's know. It's cold up there. Uh, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, I guess we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Love you so much. <laughs>